What up, y'all? It's your boy Smiles. Welcome to the very second episode of the Classic Experience, powered by the Uncool Urban and Music Impulse. On this second episode, we talk DMX's first two albums. It's Dark and Hell is Hot, as well as his second album, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. DMX was the very first rapper to have his debut and sophomore album's debut at number one in the same year. He was also the second ever rapper to land five number one albums on the Billboard 200. Both released in 1998, May 1998, and December 1998, respectfully, along with his debut film, Belly, made DMX the GOAT, the legend, RIP to Earl Simmons, Darkman X, aka DMX, you will forever be remembered. You're now listening to Music Impulse with Smiles. second episode of the classic experience like i said in the beginning on this episode we're gonna break down the legendary one of the goats the dog himself earl dmx dark man x simmons you know we're gonna go over his first two albums is dark and hell is hot as well as flesh of my flesh blood of my blood you know so for this episode i had to bring on my guy shot for the second episode as well so um what's good uh what up what up of course like i think i picked half of this 10 part series uh <laughs> because usually um i'll start it like with a little off mic story all right so um you went to a concert i went to um a playoff game we uh meet up afterwards and I'm playing music. And the conversation always ends up the same. Like, man, you listen to this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah. So then we'll start talking about it. So, again, it was one of those things of, man, before he, I think, we had to really have a retrospect, like, after he passed, that I probably talked to you about DMX all the time. Yep, <laughs> you was pulling up old tweets and stuff. Like, remember this? Yeah, I was like, golly, I was like, yeah, because you always tell me like, oh, I don't remember that. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, then I was like, no, I literally talked to, to you about DMX all the time. <laughs> like, this wasn't me capping because the man was gone. I was like, no, nah, I was a fan. So, yeah, that's how this episode came about. It was really matter of fact funny part about it is i think this is before he passed that we planned to do this yep yeah this is before he even passed i mean we just we didn't know that this was gonna happen but yeah this is one of my favorite artists ever since i was a kid you know um yeah so this is a crazy one it's literally a conversation that it's like i said it's just a very unfortunate situation um but yeah this all came from years of conversations that i had about dmx (laughs) 
Yeah, and then uh, I thought about something as I was listening to the album yesterday, but I'm going to say that to the end that made me realize about you, listen to the <laughs> albums. I was like, it was, one, it was one thing that played. I was like, ah, I get it. These albums definitely define me, so yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to say my takeaway of uh, what song it was that made me <laughs> realize that, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, shot. So if you can just uh, go on into how you got involved in becoming uh, a fan with DMX, you know, kind of go back, you know, let us know uh, about your history with the first DMX albums and why you chose these two albums. Uh, uh, it's like I said, pretty much for like off the wall. The first episode was these were honestly the albums and the music that my mom was listening to. And the number one rule when it came to hip-hop albums, like all of them, as I was growing up listening to everything she was listening to was, you can listen to whatever you want, as long as you don't run around spitting the lyrics that they're spitting. AKA, I can listen to whatever I wanted, as long as I didn't run around cussing <laughs> and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Uh, it was a funny story. Like, recently she just now saw the flesh of my flesh blood of my blood cover and she's like oh my god i let you listen to that i said yeah she's like oh if i know it looked like that i wouldn't uh let you listen to that i said what because the cover she's like yeah so <laughs> but yeah. yeah she just she just pretty much just let me listen to whatever and then you know critique and curate my own um sounds and things that i enjoyed so yeah, that's pretty much the story of that. It was just stuff that my mom was playing in the car. Um, again, this was like '98, so again, I was probably like eight years old. And Jay Z, Nas, Big, Big and Pac were gone, so this was like the new era. Like again, you just had Jay Z, you had Nas, um, who had been out, but you know he was still uh, relevant. Like if I ruled the world and stuff like that were out. Fuji's and things like that. It was just a pretty good time for music. And DMX came out of nowhere with this Dark and Hell is Hot, which still has some of my favorite songs on there. But yeah, um, again, the reason I chose them because I literally talk about these albums all the time. And this is not a cap. This is not cap because this man is gone. Literally, Josh has looked back and been like, oh my God, he talked about DMX almost every other day. <laughs> He was that good to me. I mean, in his lyrics and what he stood for as a person outside of music, it was just something because he was transparent. He let you know that he wasn't perfect. Then that like resonated with me a lot because a lot of people try to pull up these facades. And then at the end of the day, you know, that's why the skeletons fall out. If you already have them out, guess what? Nobody can ever catch you slipping on nothing. So, yeah, that was an reason he was one of my favorite artists and again his art was just amazing to me i hate you came in on grand champ because you missed a lot <laughs> yeah because definitely doing my research for for these two albums and just going back listening to them and then looking up old articles and stuff about the albums it's like yo this is awesome and even just hearing stuff within the last couple days that wasn't even part of research, just, just happened to you know, hear about it with you know the 
Swiss Beats interview recently on on Breakfast Club, um, and then as well as the, the little bit Jay Z talked about on um, the shop episode about him, which is like, yo, this is just more knowledge and content that I'm, I'm I'm loving to consume and hear about and learn about this this man X. Just this dude was something else. <laughs> like his wife said at the um, like his wife said at the service. That man was not of this earth. And I really believe, like, I tell people growing up, I really believe that. I was like, nah, listen to the things he says. I mean, not all the craziness, but I'm like, some of the lyrics, you just like, hmm. Or his interviews. It was like, yeah, the man was different for sure. So, yeah, yeah. like, Swiss was saying, like I said, in, in the Breakfast Club, he was just saying how this dude X was really just, a giver he was philanthropic just throughout he always would give his last even if his last was literally like his last and then just seeing from when he when he died there's all the videos and stuff that people posted like him going inside a restaurant and like a mcdonald's or some some other i don't know what it was and just saying like, like working the window like just because he's like hey yeah you know we're working you you're like, hey, can I can I get a number a number three with cheese and like and you hear X, hey, you want a drink with that? What? Huh? And then you pull out like, oh, that really is DMX. Why is DMX <laughs> <laughs> give me my burger and fries? Or or the fact that he stayed afterwards and was like, yo, I'm gonna help y'all clean up. And he's like mopping and sweeping and everything, just like because he or walking down the street, you see like homeless people giving giving them money and stuff. It was like, yo, this dude was he like when it comes to like re- religion and spirituality, it was like he is a perfect embodiment of like how like humans can struggle. It's like we we want to do good, we want want to be the best we can. Like that's what he did. But like you know, he also had his demons and his struggles, yeah. and stuff like that. So and it's sad how um, most of that started. It was somebody that he trusted and. Um... They did him like that, but that's not what this is about. We, we ain't yeah. gonna go through all of that, but yeah. Uh, so you finally listen to the albums I've been telling you for the past two or three years to listen to. How, how was that? Uh, well, I'll start off with you know, it's dark and hell is hot. Um, I thought it was great, it was amazing, it was dope. You no, know, it very few features, but uh, I was just knowing how like. The later albums and how X was, I was like, okay, I can see how this was very refreshing to hear this from a, a rapper back in 1998, because no one was rapping the way he was back then. The like I said, the the dual the dual like fighting of like, hey, the he got the songs where he's talking to God <laughs> uh, on like the uh, the um. What was it the the convo or the song where he's talking to a demon, a, a spirit on Damien? It's like no one was rapping like that. But then you also had like "Get at Me, Dog," Rough Riders anthem, niggas and started like shit where he's like talking that shit. He talking that gangster shit or he talking about like fucking bitches and like <laughs> it's just like I was just like okay, I can see how like I tried to really put my mind state back into. 1998 and hearing this for the first time from a rapper when like you had like 
Jay Z coming out, you had Nas out, you had you know the bad boys uh, uh, of the time with, yeah, with Puffy and uh, like um, none none of them were rapping the way that the way DMX was not rapping. And then I even thought it was even more amazing the fact that he was 27. Nowadays, niggas are coming out 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. But you got to break. But you got to also break it down like this. Um, Jay was like 25. Reasonable yeah, oh, uh, yeah, uh, actually, yeah. uh, found out, uh, X is a month young or older or something like that. Older than him. Yeah, he's actually yeah, older yeah. than him. Yeah. yeah. Jay was 20. Yeah, Jay was 25 when Reasonable Doubt dropped in 96. So it wasn't a far fetch. And then you got to also break it down to X had pretty much been trying to get on since like 89. Yeah, because they said he like, actually like, had a song in, in 94. Yep. <laughs> of course, uh, you know, there was no internet or nothing back then. So, of course. My mom wasn't taking me to the record store and like, oh, well, this is DMX. So, oh, well, let me take this vinyl home and listen to it. Like, we weren't living like that. If it didn't come out on a CD or cassette, I pretty much didn't have access to it. So, <laughs> yeah, which uh, also while doing my research, uh, reading the article, I watched, I found an article in OK Player uh, where they interviewed um, uh, Wa of the Rough Riders along with uh, the producer, Dame Grease. And Dame was saying, you know, Back then, when X was like 25, 26, whatever, when they wanted to sign him, you know, he said we had to uh, forcibly uh, go get him out of all the contracts that he was in. <laughs> he was like signed to, like, I think they said either Columbia or Sony at the time, but you know, yeah. also he got, you know, had the street dudes or whatever that he was signed to production company wise. And just the fact that he said, he's like, yeah, you know, we had to forcibly go get him out of his, his contract so i was like oh shit yeah you know had to do some 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 street shit <laughs> yeah because again all of that like like i said um and i believe dmx said this recently he knew he was nice since the beginning and yeah. um yeah literally it took him forever just to release that one song back in the day and it wasn't even, it was a local hit you know what i'm saying like it wasn't even like well known like that so yeah, he was making some bad deals for because he because again he knew he had a gift and he would go through any means to let people hear this gift. So yeah, that's why he kept on with those false starts and stuff like that. So yeah, they yeah y'all 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 laugh at Swizz because you know he likes the art and the stuff like that, but the Dean family. Yeah, them them, 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 some hardcore dudes right there. I wouldn't mess with them dudes. Yeah, I was, like, what... I was like, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Dean Wild of Rough Riders. You know, like I wouldn't want to mess with family. Them. That's what I'm saying. The Dean yeah, family the Dean is family. real. They yeah, will come. Man. They will run up on you. That that's why there were so many bikers and people on four wheelers at that man's funeral. They will look. They they don't have a clique. They have an army. Believe that. Yeah, because uh, if you want to fuck with Swiss, and he said. Oh, let me call my uncles. Uh, no, nah, no, nah, we good. You don't need to call your uncles. Nah, no, nah, we, we. They about to have we, a few. Could. Look, not a few hundred people, not a couple people. A few thousand people might show up. <laughs> hey. It's just you and two other people. So all right, then. And you, and you see how many showed up on bikes just for DMX. Look, and we ain't talking water pistols. You bring yours. <laughs> they gonna have more. <laughs> don't mess with the deans. Which side note that that rough rider time. Was the time I really was like, oh, 
black people are can really ride bikes and be like street dude because you know you used to saying like the white people on the bikes and out on the Harleys and stuff. It's like yo, it's oh, deep. Doing like, like, like my doing dad has a Harley Davidson himself. Yeah, but uh, black folks doing that down here. I don't know about Ohio, but I know they was doing it down here. Of course, we have car culture here too, just yeah. like uh, out west, um, like slabs and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like yeah, you, I always saw people on the four wheelers riding up and down my neighborhood. Uh, sometimes, first time I seen a dirt bike, that was over there on uh, Judge Dupree Drive. That was over there at my grandma's house. <laughs> yeah, when you see it, it influenced like the the newer dudes like Meek and the Dream Chasers and all that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's they, they, yeah, that's Philly culture. You know, yeah. like that's just that's the East Coast and stuff like that. Like I said, we love um, pretty much. We love all this stuff too. We love bike culture. We love car culture. It ain't just you know brown people, white people thing. I mean we, I mean we can afford to get on them. We gonna get them. You know what I'm saying? We are gonna be stepping on top of the um of the seat, trying to make it pop while we riding on it and jump back. So yeah, yeah. Like the first, the first and only time I've ever been on a bike was with my dad. <laughs> that that <laughs> a bike that he that he had. I know he's had like different ones. I know he currently still has a Harley Davidson, but the first and only time I've been on a bike was with my dad when I was younger. <laughs> oh man, I think. One time I was on the bike, it was like my cousin. It was at a family reunion. Like we were just all getting rides as kids. <laughs> my older cousin yep. was just taking us all around. Yeah, so yeah, this yeah. definitely like I said, the cult the culture he was part of was pretty much how we were all living in like black America. Like we was all living like that. So again, he just brought he brought some human he humanized us a little bit. And that's the thing that people don't give DMX credit for. I'm like, it was, you know, like he humanized black folks. I'm like, yeah, we like riding bikes too. Yeah, we think about God too. We think about these things, you know. What what's after this? You know, it, that's the one thing I really resonated with him. But yeah, 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 yeah. I know this ain't this ain't necessarily my show. Just got my name on it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, just finish with your initial reaction to okay oh, well, to the next uh, album as well. I, I definitely want to uh, point out what the. Journalist of that article, I, I mentioned uh, Thomas Hobbs, what he said ab- overall about the album. He said, by the time his introspective debut album dropped, X had already been through more trials and tribulations than your average 27-year-old. Yet, this only benefited the listener, with X sounding hungrier than the stray dogs he used to feed in the streets of Yonkers. To millions of people, X, with his warts and all honesty, was an artist that felt reassuringly human and down to earth. And Dame Grease just piggybacked off that was saying about how like a typical DMX studio session embody every aspect from the good to the bad of the ghetto but it's the reason X's music sounded so raw and authentic we embodied the streets facts so uh definitely wanted to m- make sure I, I mentioned that because while listening to the album I really heard it this is like damn you can sound you can hear how hungry is like yo I've been on the streets of like New York battling niggas like Jay and Buster and Ja and all these niggas for like the last 10 years waiting for my chance. These I know I'm better than these niggas. I'm I'm iller than these niggas. But uh, you know, different things and different situations in and out of jail or whatnot or whatever. And so now I finally got my chance. So I'm about to give it to y'all full force, raw, like just amazing. And this is like 
signing with Rough Riders with you know Dean Wah and all them, and just they finally gave him the chance to really let everybody hear what he he been putting on on the streets and um, giving to everybody, and then it was a success. So, yeah. and um, I know also I, I was reading about how they said uh, once they did sign the to Def Jam, the next uh, you know issue which. Was, which hold on, I will say this again because it's hundred percent factual. That man single handedly saved Def Jam. Oh yeah, they they openly. I think uh, Russell has said that. Uh, yeah, Russell, that. Uh, uh, <laughs> we won't get on Russell, but uh, uh, yeah, he, uh, he admitted it. Uh, uh, Wait, I ain't gonna do it now. Uh, I ain't gonna do it. Uh, 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 but he said it recently. And we know what he at and what he did and why you at. We ain't here to talk about okay. that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but uh, uh all right, <laughs> big yikes for me, my boy. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, you know they they openly made that yeah like that year, DMX. Yeah, he literally saved Def Jam like. They were like, "Yo, what are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, we got Ja. Yeah, we got Jay. But out here, it's, it's, it's struggling right here for the for the record label that that the hip hop built and all that. Uh, but they said the the big thing was just trying to figure out what was going to be needed to pop. So they said with singles like "Get at Me, Dog," the Rough Riders anthem, which was the only uh, record that Swiss produced on on that one at the time, because you know he was a young buck, you know, just trying to. Uh, get his name out there, and which X initially did not want to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and also with the posse cut, uh, niggas and started something with locks and makes. They said it provided the momentum, the momentum needed to convince Jam- Def Jam to not only sign X but to drop the debut album. So he was just like, again, yeah, just out here in the streets. He he got a few singles popping, and they were like, okay, yeah, we ready to push this button on this. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about the other album. What was your initial reaction to, which is actually my favorite of the two, um, "Flesh of My Flesh." Um, <clears throat> yeah, "Flesh, Flesh of My Flesh." Yeah, I actually have to say, sorry, my guy, but I thought the second one was kind of lackluster compared to the first one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, for, um. <laughs> The subject matter was a little, yeah. You had to, your mind space has to be in a different, you gotta be on some emo gothic stuff <laughs> to really get that second. Yeah, out. Uh, yeah. For uh, just for a uh, real quick before I go into what my full thoughts about it, just a, some backstory was it was completed in one month after Rough Riders and DMX went to Lear Cohen and said that, yo, they want to drop another album. Lear basically told him, like, nah. Niggas don't do that, but they basically like, no, we want to do it. So he he gave them um kind of like a bet. He said, if y'all can complete the album in 30 days, I'll give y'all a million dollar bonus. So hey, they went in the studio, locked in for 30 days, and came out with the, the second album. On um, on this time, uh Swiss actually produced about half the album out of the uh I think it was it. 16 tracks or something like that. It was 16. Uh, you are correct. Yeah. yeah, uh Swiss produced uh half of it, which they said was the blossoming of the chemistry that you know X and Swiss would eventually have. We got the the, the dope sing uh oh it was a singer, but the dope 
part two to uh the first album's track Damien, which was Damien Part Two with uh controversial rock star Marilyn Manson. The omen. Yep, yeah. the omen, aka Damien Part Two. And I found out that the first week sales of the second album tripled that of the first of the first album. The second album sold over six hundred and seventy thousand copies in the first week. Yeah. And and also another little also another little side note I learned from watching the shop episode the other day was Jay-Z said that the reason he boycotted his very first Grammys was because DMX wasn't nominated. He was like, Yeah, he's like, Yeah, I know I won. Like, but the reason yeah, I two, yeah, he two said, of the best albums in nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah, he was like, This dude and, dropped two albums yes. and he don't get nominated <laughs> at all. He was like, So he, he boycotted it, but uh out of honor for uh, X, so I definitely respect Jay for doing that. Because I mean, Jay won, but he know X should have won for one of those albums. Because again, those are phenomenal albums. I believe 1998, Jay Z dropped in my lifetime, Volume One. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was in my lifetime. Now you tell me between. Those two albums X drop, and in my lifetime, the man couldn't even get a nomination. Yeah, sums up with that. Yeah, and yeah, and like literally, the second album had somebody I believe also got nominated for stuff, which was Marilyn Manson. So right. yeah, you break you break that stuff down. You're like, hmm, and that's why people don't be taking uh, awards seriously. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's things like that. But yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> But yeah, um, but then no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, it wasn't well, 96, no, 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 98 Grammys means that 97, so yes, it was in my lifetime because I know, um, they couldn't have given it to him for their hard knock life, so yeah, it had to be, yeah, but we'll look that, I'll look it up while you talk. Go ahead, uh, but yeah, overall, just compared to the first album, I just personally thought it was kind of lackluster was 16 tracks and uh it was well like ain't no way was cool i was like okay okay this is cool coming from was kind of lackluster i can't say it now because we're not at that part (laughs) um you know, I, like I said, I, I, I like the album with Marilyn Manson, with them sampling the the Jason on Friday the Thirteenth theme song, the kill, 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 kill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I love that. And then it transitioned into Slip, and I was like, yo, this is the the back to back of that, and then going into Slipping. Um, I thought Dogs for Life was cool. Um. And then I would say the, the strongest segment of songs was actually from Blackout to Ready to Meet Him. I would say if you broke down the 16 songs into like four part segments, I would say. Okay, 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 yeah. It was for Hard Knock Life. Oh, Hard Knock Life. Which, which, which okay, even then, I mean, you break it down. The only thing that really, I mean, for me personally, the Hard Knock Life did, it was the catalyst for the Jay-Z we have now. Yep. That was it because he had a lot. A lot of those songs were not only featured on that album; they were featured on like major movie soundtracks. So yeah, that's how we got Billionaire Hove, ladies and gentlemen. But was he messing with X? Nah. 
yeah. I, found, I found out that I wanted to mention of why 1998 was a great year for X. Barely came out in 1998. Like you have two, two, your first two albums, both number ones, and you show, and you was in a movie. A cult classic. <laughs> a cult, like your your first your first like your first real year in hip hop. <laughs> Dropping your first two albums in the start of your acting career, and arguably and arguably the best actor <laughs> out of everybody in the whole movie. Arguably, was Buns. Now you got me thinking. Was Buns the best actor? Well, compared to Nas, I'm going to Africa, kid. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I'm going to Africa, man. I'm I'm leaving all this with the chip too. He still had the chip too. You had Tyron Turner with the wig. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Now he had AZ in the movie. He took had right. the baby. Yeah, I'm a, I, yeah, I gotta go, son. <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta be thinking was the method man where he was like limping and he shot at the police and then he fell in the car right <laughs> i could go back and forth with the like yeah buns dmx's buns probably was the best actor in the movie <laughs> no 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 um and terrell hicks was a way more experienced actor actress um than x obviously <laughs> Yeah, Keisha was cool, but yeah, I, I think you're right. He probably was the best actor in that movie yeah. by far. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, you ain't, you ain't never made me think. I've never thought about that. I was like, who had the most convincing right. role? In and it was like, yeah, DMX may have had the most convincing. But yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, it's just. Just thinking about that, the fact that you know, two albums and a movie all in the same year, just like he don't win nothing. Like, like this is crazy. Like, again, you know, the Grammys just be fucking up. But um, I just thought about this. Just shows how great he was and the the momentum and the trajectory that he was on to continue to drop dope albums, dope tracks, being even better movies with. Better co-stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'll take Jet Li over over Nas any day. Shout <laughs> to my man Steven Seagal, man. What what's uh, he doing now? Like, what does Steven Seagal do, man? I'm a still Steven still pretending he's a martial artist and being fat. I don't know. <laughs> I forgot what. Like recently, I read about him. It wasn't positive, so I kind of like blocked it out. Oh. oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I'll tell you off, Mike. Um, but yeah, it's just X was on on something. But I guess to kind of piggyback, go off of like some of my favorite tracks off of both albums. So the first album, of course, Rough Riders Anthem, Get At Me Dog. You know, with my man Sheik Luch. Uh, niggas do something. Yeah, of course, y'all can't see me shake my head because I'm like, if that wasn't in there, I would have been totally disappointed. You didn't say that, your boy. May have wrote may have written your best song. <laughs> Maybe you're one of your favorites. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, niggas don't start something. Let me fly. Stop being greedy. Uh, I love the storytelling on ATF. Um, and then the of course the prayer, but the, the first time I actually heard the prayer was actually recently when he passed. Um, Roy of well, not 
no longer of the totally. of I guess maybe the Maury and Maul podcast. Uh, Rory kept the prayer on Luke for like a bunch of hours the day that we found out that X passed. And so when I heard, so when I heard, I was like, hold on, I've heard this before. And it caught, I'm like, oh, this is the prayer that Rory was playing on Luke on, on his IG because uh, Rory has openly been talking about how DMX is like his fate, literally his favorite rapper growing up, how X literally has saved his life and changed so much about his life, <laughs> which is kind of, I know, still kind of funny. The fact that, you know, he's a, he's a white dude. <laughs> I'm about to say, uh, 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 but, Irish dude with red hair. Yeah. I said like, but, this. <laughs> but I was like, I'm, I'm like, I forget, like, you know, he grown up, growing up in New York. So, you, you know, you know, white people in New York is, is, is a different. Yeah. Type of- yeah. I mean, like, you gotta bring out the fact that Max Kellerman used to rap, you know what I mean? So right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I knew yeah. the New York can affect you in different type of ways like that. Yeah. Uh I would say my least favorite song on the first one was Crime Story, which was produced by Herb Gotti. I thought it was a dope beat, but it just didn't work for me song wise. So um and then songs like Damien and the Convo, I personally think they didn't need hooks at all. I think X could have just did both of those joints straight through without hooks um but you know record labels and you got to make a full song and all that so i figured that was probably why and then again i said you know the second album was kind of lackluster to me in 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 my opinion compared to the first album so i went through all the songs that I, i liked on that one and which ones i didn't like and all that so what about you sir okay so of course um it's dark uh, Rough Riders anthem, of course. Look through my eyes and see what I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, <laughs> get get at me, dog. <laughs> no one, no one who really knows me is gonna be surprised by this, but I think I've told people a million times that how it's going down is probably one of my favorite DMX songs ever. Boom. <laughs> We're gonna stop right there because, like I said. Why I said that the the thing that made me realize <laughs> that like I was like DMX how much of an impact that was the song, especially with, especially with the skit before who you fucking I ain't fucking no one tell me who you fucking I know you fucking somebody and, and for some reason I literally thought of you. <laughs> I, was I don't like, even know him. I said, you know me. I plan. Right. <laughs> I was like, this I sounds plan. like some shit that Shot has told me in a, a past year of him. You, and like I'll, when he was in the high school, like telling you chicks. I was, I was like, man, about a few years back too, man. <laughs> Wildly. I'm so, never in the, I'm never on the right side of history. Most of, I'm never on the right side of history. So yeah, I mean, if we and also if you really break down the song, I used to think when I was younger that it was a cute romantic song. Then I realized he was actually like he was just hidden. <laughs> and then after he hit, he said, "Hey, you got to sell this dough for me." You gotta- <laughs> 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 That's pretty much how the song went. It was like, "Yeah, I know you got a man, but every now and then I want you to pull up." We go do what we do, and then I want you to take this package across town. Right. That was pretty much the whole song. 
And then when you break it down, how Buns was in belly with that little young thing he had. <laughs> Remember what she says? All they did. He told me they used to practice kissing, and then the only thing she ever did to him was one thing. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Earl Earl was teaching me to be a dog for real, for real back in the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, he was teaching that me was, all that stuff. I was like, that was literally the song I, that I was I learned uh thought about you, Pauls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is that shit. <laughs> this is this I was like, no again, wonder this nigga shy like, like I was like, dog, every single like me as a person, he definitely molded that. He made me feel like none of that stuff was wrong. <laughs> He's like, I do it, you know. That's how I felt like if me and Earl ever talked, he was like, I did it. I was like, Yeah, you're right. So I guess it ain't bad. You 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 a uh, platinum rapper. I was like, <laughs> but um back to my list. Um definitely the combo. And Damien, I mean, I lo- like I said, I just like um, X's duality. Um, that's my word for the day, duality. Um, <laughs> and then for your least favorite album, which is, like I said, my favorite, of course, the um, beginning set track, My Niggas. Um, you got Coming From, which you say you didn't like, but the lyrics and that, it just reminded me of growing up myself. In Oak Cliff, like the stuff he was saying, I was like, "Yeah, I, it was relatable to me." And and I think Mary sung the mess out of that hook, uh, "The Omen," uh, "Slipping" is always gonna be one of my favorite songs. And then um, "Blackout," because everybody went hard. And like I told you the last time I listened to "Blackout," I did not realize that she went that hard on "Blackout." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize back in the day I was like, man, Jada because yeah, Jay-Z, yeah, X, yeah. I said, oh yeah, P and Sheik, they did their thing. But now I went back and I said, dang, Sheik, I didn't know he was spitting like this. <laughs> I said, that man is fire. Right. My, my man Sheik Lucian, the fact that he knows that that's what people say, like, oh yeah, but he's like, hey, I don't care. Whatever. I mean, they all, man, I'm stuck. Like I said, um, I think I told you this off mic multiple times. Sheik Luch is probably one of the most underrated rappers ever. Mm-hmm. I never realized how don't hard he goes. Oh my God. Like, on Get At Me Dog, he went hard. You had to remind me that one of my favorite lines in hip hop was a Sheik line. From all about the Benjamins, you like that. She said that. I said, "Dang, you're right." Colosso, Colosso, I said that is him. I said that was Sheik. <laughs> I said that's my favorite line in that on that song. And I was like, "You was like, nah." A day beauty, pa- a day girls was in beauty pageant. You was like, that is Sheik. I don't understand why you say you don't like him and you love that man. I was like, ah, man, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you just quoted every single sheet line in every song you talking about. That was not him. I was like, that was him. That was not Yeah. I was like, Sheik Looch, you underrated my boy, but you called to me. I'm going to tell anybody. Sheik is wrapping circles around people. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, uh, we're we gonna talk about it on uh, the episode we dropped on Friday. Um, but yeah, you even hit me up about the on the on the new one, like, yo, 
This nigga yeah. he on this, on this new extra week. <laughs> Man. He took me out guard with that. I was listening to that about three times in a row. I played it back. I just kept playing it back. I said, shit, you ain't have to do me like this, bro. Like, chill out. <laughs> but yeah, just how did you feel about both of the albums? Um, um overall. I know oh, you keep saying that the second one is lackluster, but again, that entry, I believe that it's dark was just, you know, the whole trying to get to know him. And I think Flesh of My Flesh is just more introspective. That's just my opinion of why. Yeah. Like, I like it. Yeah, so. I was like, because uh, I, I will say I, I kind of didn't follow my, my two full listens. Like, because I gave the first album two full listens uh, back to back, and I, I gave the second one just one listen. So I, I feel like once I give it a second, like, real listen, I have to really sit and kind of like, I, I might be like, okay, this hit different listening to it, but just going back in the, like I said, going back in the mindset of 1998 and knowing that no one else was like X and then him coming out speaking on the stuff. Oh, was- oh, another thing about people that um they don't like about slipping is that it's edited. I mean, there is an unedited version. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, Music Impulse page, Uncle Urban page. We'll post it. Um, but that was one of the terms of him using that sample. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they said they could use. Yeah, the only way he could use the sample is if you didn't cuss on it. Yeah, which uh remind me of the uh the, the Phil Collins sample. They said that when they called Phil Collins to use the sample because he had never um cleared a sample for an artist until X, and when he heard the song, he was he mentioned that yo this guy is meant to be great. I love this. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hey, Phil Collins, the great Phil Collins. Mr. Tarzan, who's <laughs> written a lot of my favorite songs. Uh, we will probably, there will probably never be a classic experience about it because we're not going to sit up here and me talk about Phil Collins for an hour. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like the fact that this DMX, Earl Simmons from Yonkers, New York. Got the blessing film Phil Collins when he had denied er- any other rapper. He probably was like, Rap, I don't like that. Rap. Why, that rap. why do you think that even now, like fulfilling in the air and stuff like that, those are all mixtapes? Mm-hmm. You do never, you, you have not heard Fill It in the Air being used on anybody's album. Um, if they use any kind of Phil Collins song, you have not heard that on nobody's album. They use that, they put them on tapes because they know they ain't finna get that clearance for no Phil Collins. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so, that was one of the things Phil Collins said. He said, "Hey, as long as you don't rap on it, I mean, as long as you don't cuss on it, you use it." And then after he heard that, he still gave us like, "Oh, you didn't cuss it, and I like this." <laughs> like I said, slipping. Yeah, you, 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 uh, I'm a, I'm a send that clearance through right now. <laughs> slipping is probably again. Slipping is definitely a song that I can say from my adolescence, even. I've listened to it a few times. I think I've told you about slipping years ago, but especially after you passed, I'm like, man, that song got me through a lot. Like anytime I really felt low, I really felt like, yeah, he, he, yeah. When his wife said he's a prophet, yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it because he helped a lot of people. And that's all he ever wanted to do. He wanted to give people something that he never had, and that was somebody to listen or somebody to feel like they can relate. And he did that. 
on two albums back to back. Right. Yeah. Wow. In the same in the same year. In the same year. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I can go on. I can go over days by X again. And then he came back the next year and he he wrote my theme song. <laughs> and he wrote my theme song in 99. And we'll maybe we'll talk about it. and then there was X at a later date. But he, yeah, he wrote my theme song on there because I still ask that question because I don't know. Somebody let me know. What do they want from me? I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know. I still don't know. I still don't know. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of just my overall thoughts and, and anything else you want to add to it before we wrap up. Um honestly, uh, honestly, if you were late to the party, definitely go in chronological order of those albums and just list all of them. He had a message, and I know a lot of stuff he says is wild because he really got wild on uh Grand Champ and um and then there was X. He was talking, he was saying some things you can't say now. Oh, which side note, did you see the tweet I'm I, I made? I was like, <laughs> I was like, yo, listen to these X albums. He was he was he was let, he was letting a certain word fly, and I was like, Oh, that was his favorite word because he's using it almost every album. Yeah, because I, I picked up on it when I heard it for like the third time on when I was listening to the second time. I was like, yo, I didn't heard this word and, like and three times is, so far. And if you really listen back, he like would connotate to it every single time. Like he would name it, like he would talk about a situation and he was like, I don't like that. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because when I tweeted, I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, let me just put this gift. So I was like, I'm pretty sure uh Shaw will pick up on <laughs> what I mean by I what you talking about. I was like, yeah, <laughs> there's probably like a good four album stretch where he tells you that he don't like that. But I bet on anything that if he met a guy like that, he showed him the most love. He showed him nothing but love and respect. I bet that. I bet he was saying all that on them albums. <laughs> But I bet he never treated nobody like out of. Look, have you ever heard? Hey, I'm because it was like, like that's just like that's just what we all did back in the day. It's like yeah. we all did it back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> now, so, 2021. <laughs> oh man, if you if you were saying that, uh, fake cancel culture would have definitely tried to get him out the paint. But I think we all would have jumped up and down and be like, man, that's Earl Simmons, bro. That's X. You better shut up. Because I'm because <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure they. It's a, a bunch of them that was like, yo, X got me through my own hard times and struggles. I I don't care. He said it. I, I don't, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so, like I said, if you ever met people like that, you probably didn't call them that. And again, showed them nothing but love and respect. Yep. Prayed with them and was like, hey, holla at me, dog. Because I'm sure he didn't look. As many people showed up to his concerts and showed that man love while he was here. Ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't no way he just felt that adamant about it, but you know, again, it was good to talk about these two albums because they really did shape me as a as a young person. And listen to them, listen to them as an adult. It's still like it doesn't take me back to those times. It's just more like, wow, he really has something to say, and luckily we got to hear it too. So, yep. yeah, rest in peace to Earl Simmons, the dog. Um, the best actor 
in the movie Belly. <laughs> Hype Williams, Hype Williams should definitely let us see some extra <laughs> reels from his incredible acting chops in that and Romeo must die. <laughs> right. He just was so good. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, go ahead, man. Let them know where they can catch you at and everything. Yeah, but uh yeah, that that was the second episode of the classic experience. It's your boy Smiles. You can follow me at JW Smiles uh for my personal pages on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget the, the podcast page at Music Impulse N-U-S-I-C M-P-U-L-S-E. And don't forget to also follow us and um put some 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 uh, recommendations uh some reviews and everything at shot versus smile at s-h-a-d-v-s-s-m-i-l-e-z and then i'll let my guy shot give his socials and then we're gonna wrap it up and go uh shot number 13 on twitter i'm all, if i'm not talking about sneakers i'm talking about the mavericks especially if they in the playoffs like they are right now um shot miller on instagram i may share a story more than i share a post because i want to keep my posts limited because i want y'all to see them um everything else like i said shot versus smiles um like i said leave us reviews um rate us you know what I'm saying just let us know again the positive feedback we've gotten from um the first you know the first real solo episode we've done and the these um this series has been great so just keep telling us that but again put that out there on the internet so other people can be interested and listen to it as well yeah, like like he said, um, let the folks know. Don't just tell us personally. Let the folks know. Like, yo, I'm checking out Shot versus Smiles. There it is. So uh, this is the second episode of the Classic Experience. I think the next episode might be Khalees with my my guy Sam. But this is the second episode. DMX, first two albums, and we out you. What up, y'all? It's your boy Smiles. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Music Impulse. Follow the page at Music Impulse on Twitter and Instagram. That's M-U-S-I-C-M-P-U-L-S-E. Follow me at JW Smiles. As well as don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Music Impulse. Your boy Smiles, and I'm out.